The Superpower Mamas channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to join the superpower universe and unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpower Mamas, reclaiming the sacred journey of motherhood with Tatiana Berende. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Superpower Mamas podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today with me, our guest is Juliette Caraman. She's calling all the way from the UK, and we are going to be discussing finding pleasure in the midst of grief. Now, this is a really important topic, one that's been big in my heart. Um, I really am, am putting out a huge prayer that we can revitalize and re-examine the way that we relate to grief, the way that we relate to death in our culture. I truly believe this to be um, part of the revitalization of the divine feminine, um, for she is one that gives life and also one that um, takes it back. And so I'm really, really looking forward to exploring this facet of her with you all today and with Juliet. Let me tell you a little bit about Juliet before we dive in. Juliet Caraman is a certified mind and body coach, teacher, mentor, and writer on relationships, trauma, healing, sex, and intimacy. Decades of her experience with conscious sexuality and her ability to hold deep space has her clients regain confidence in their bodies, psyche, and relationship to themselves. She brings a different perspective on what pleasure really is. And so I'm just really excited to have her with us here today. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Thank you for having me. Yes. Super excited about this. I am too. So um, before we dive in, if those of you who listen to the show know I don't like to open up our, our deep uh, well of conversation um, until after the break, because I just don't want to interrupt the flow. Um, but I do love to ask before we go to break, if you could share with our listeners what your superpowers are in the realm of especially since we're talking about grief today, let's, let's go there. What are your superpowers in the realm of grief? I mean, I would say my superpowers are to feel. And that means to feel every little nuance, every little bit, whether it's, for me, that's what pleasure is. It's to actually be present with what is. So that might be massive grief, tears, not flying, or laughter, uh, smiles, belly laughs, anything that's in between as well. But really to be present and to, to allow yourself to feel the emotions, to feel the body sensations, and to be with it. Well, and I love that redefinition of what pleasure is. Because um, I think for most people, feeling is kind of scary, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. is, which is why we're not very adept at it. Right? <laughs> this is a scary territory for for most people. Completely, um, and I I so hear you. I um, my my sister died almost five years ago, um, and quite suddenly, in like a space of six months, and she was only fifty two. So to really allow yourself for me to allow myself to feel everything and to slow down and to 
have that grief and have the laughter with her those last few months as I was with her every day and to to go to where you know, to all the places that we still wanted to see to visit together to to have our kids grow up together to be at each other's at our children's weddings but to really tap into all those emotions that came up was beautiful and also kind of bittersweet sure yeah adds a dimension and a depth to everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are going to go to a quick break. We are going to be diving deep into finding pleasure in the midst of grief. And I think we have a little bit of an anchor for that now that you've given us a redefinition of what pleasure is, and we're going to expand on that. Um, And I'm sure we'll go some other places too. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We will be right back. We're talking with Juliet Caraman about finding pleasure in the midst of grief. Hi everyone, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Okay, we're back. So Juliet, you spoke a little bit about your um, your journey with your sister before we went to break. Um, can you maybe give us a little bit about how you work with your clients in this space, especially when we're we're talking about, you know, like we mentioned, you know, feeling can be scary. So if 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 someone is in that space of like, I don't want to feel this, you know, this is something that I face with my clients a lot where there's like, they don't want to start crying because they're afraid that if they start, they will never stop. If they open the floodgates, then they will drown, right? That yeah. seems to be like the most common fear and misconception. Tell us how you work with people in that space. Oh, so that is absolutely a conception that a lot of people have saying, oof, that's, it's, you know, I'm never going to get over this. And while actually an emotion, if you really allow yourself to feel it, usually doesn't take longer than two minutes to completely feel it. Isn't so, yeah. it? It's so I just want to pause you there for a second because it's true. And I want, I just, I want to pause you because I want everyone listening to take that in. Yeah. Two minutes. And two minutes might seem like a lifetime at that point. Yeah. And your body might start shaking and releasing some things and you, know, you might have tears coming down or, or even be slightly traumatized that, that your body, you know, you go into fight, flight, freeze or fawn. And yet to go through that is the only way to get out of it. And that also lets you have access to other feelings because we can't feel pleasure or we can't feel the fun things in life and not feel the the grief or the painful things. Because when we numb one out, we're also numbing the peak of the other. Absolutely. And... I'm, to, I'm hearing that people who are like, well, I sat in a puddle of tears for hours. So I don't know what you're talking about two minutes because, because that's true too. You know, like that, that space also happens. I think, especially when, you know, when we are impacted, when we lose someone that we love dearly. I remember <sighs> when, when my brother 
passed away, you know, from an overdose. It was completely unexpected. It was a shock. It was a trauma. And, and I mean, I spent um, days and hours and weeks and months in an altered state, really. Um, But I want to talk about that a little bit because I I feel like we don't talk about it enough. And, um, and I think there's a lot of potency in that, in allowing ourselves to go into that altered state that grief can activate there. I feel, I call it like the portal to God, like grief can open up the portal to God. If we're willing to go on that journey. Completely. It can really get you into those exalted states and, and to, I mean, what plant medicine can do, what, what other things can do, but it's like, (gasps) if you allow yourself to feel that and to, to, sit with those little those nuances the little ones the bigger ones the the memories the deep loss and the sorrow that so often we gloss over and then like you said to be one with with what is one with the universe one with god the portal to god yeah and i and i think that it's um so I just, I guess I have like this plea, this cultural plea to really allow ourselves space mm-hmm. to grieve and to, um, you know, there, there's this interesting thing that happens. I feel like um, I remember when, um, when I had, you know, these in- intense deaths that were very close to me, very close together, um, there was a real isolating thing that happened. Um, because I felt like the depth of what I was feeling, most of the people around me hadn't experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to sort of separate um, in order to be in that experience. And I think that, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge that, but, but I, I think it doesn't have to be that way if more and more of us can allow grief to be to like to normalize it right to to have it just have a space at the table at our in our culture mm, completely because I remember you know so I had my my sister that passed away um and then a year later my father and then six months later my mother committed euthanasia and I was going through some coaching programs and actually mentoring other coaches while I was going through this and people were like so surprised. It's like, you've had so much grief and you're holding your mother now that she's jumping through all the hoops to have conscious death. And yet you're so joyous. And then the next moment you're crying. So you're really wearing your heart on on your sleeve, but they, they weren't used to that. And I had a lot of people come up to me saying, wow, that's actually really beautiful that you show your emotions to everyone and that they, just get to be and they get to be with you in all your states so you don't have to put a mask on saying oh if I'm you know if this is my job then I'm going to put my my coach or my mentor job on my face on and if I'm with my family with my kids then I can grieve but I kind of like intermingled it all and that's where everyone just gets to see the rawness the wholeness of who we are now what did you do you feel like you had to um, work through any obstacles inside yourself to be able to do that? Or it just felt very like, that's just what was happening. I'm showing up to my life. 
And part of my life is everything is falling apart. And I'm also ecstatic in the process. Right. Well, there were definitely a few processes I took myself through. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I run like self processes on myself a, um, a lot. Um, I work with other coaches and mentors. So there was a lot of extra help as well or, or groups, community that could hold me. Um, my partner was there for me. My children were there for me, but didn't, didn't quite understand how to help mommy. Um, but the thing that comes up most, I think, for us is we have content, right? We have the monkey mind. It's like, so we have this thought like, oh, my God, you know, how am I ever going to live without all these loved ones in my life? I'm, I miss them so much. Then an emotion comes up. Then there's a body sensation. And often that's also, there's an image that comes up. So we can really, all experiences, we can bring down to those four elements. And once we duplicate those elements, we move through them. And then less content comes up. We just, it, it's like you cycle up. It's like an infinity sign goes up and up and up and up until there is no content. There's no more monkey mind. And that's where you can reach that place of pleroma, of oneness with God, where you're like, oh, it's actually so beautiful that I can feel this all. And that is there, is, do we live in this dualistic world of pleasure and pain and grief and love? Or can we actually have access to both of it and not have charge, not be pulled into one direction or the other, but kind of have access to everything? Mm. Yeah. I love that. Um, now you mentioned something very just briefly there, but I want to I want to hone in on it and ask you some questions about your process with mothering through grief. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how old were your children when this was happening, and 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 what what was that like to be in your grieving process and still having to show up as a mom? My kids were, I've got four, so they were probably in their late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were, most of them were, they were like in their last two years of school or so. I had four kids in under three years time, so they're all pretty much the same age. <laughs> but um, it's also my sister and I were massively close and, um, you know, they're the only aunt that they really knew. Um, and, and they were, were really close. So they found it really beautiful because I was so open about what was happening and every week I'd, I'd fly to, to Holland and I'd spend a few days with her and then try to come back uh, for a few days to see the kids and then I'd go back to Holland again to be with her. So they found it really touching and also they learned that you know they can cry about things, that they can be really open about their feelings. Before that was you know, shut down a little bit emotions and that much feeling was was kind of frowned upon we live in England where where everything like that is frowned upon a little bit mm. so yeah so they've learned a lot um my one of my twins um lost her boyfriend earlier this year um just you know had a heart attack so wow. yeah so it's kind of grief surrounds us wherever it seems wherever I turn, there's a lot of grief there or grief for my uh, my clients. I coach, coach a woman that have lost her children to suicide. So, um, 
So yeah, to find the acceptance and the pleasure that we can actually find after all of that, because there's so much guilt that there may be so much guilt that we're still living and our children or our loved ones have passed away, that oftentimes we shut down the, you know, being able to feel. Yes. And there's, there's almost this, um, story that can come in that like, I should be sad and it's not okay to allow anything else into the space. Yeah. And that's what you see very often that they almost become like, you know, no, I can't show any hint of happiness or or joy because that would be frowned upon. Or So what do you talk to us about what you do with someone who's in that state? Because I think it's so common and I would just, I would love, I think it'd be really valuable for our listeners if we could just like give them a taste of how you start to walk out of that. Mm, beautiful. So again, oftentimes I will take them through a process which um, which is a release of all the, the mind chatter. So I might ask the same prompt over and over and over, um, which is tell me, Tell me what you loved about the other, the person that passed away. Um, and that will go on for maybe 15, 10 or 15 minutes. And then tell me what you'd like to tell me about him or her so that we can really dig deep into what it is. And then, you know, there's often like, is there anything that you'd um, like to say to them? Because so often there are things they haven't said. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when when I was um, I was meant to be writing a speech for my sister, and I would I just couldn't get myself to do it, and it was only until I talked to my coach and actually it was like, tell me what you need to say to her, tell me what have you withheld, and I was so angry still at my sister. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, I didn't realize because there was so much grief and so many tears. But often though, there are so many emotions underneath that that we don't allow ourselves to feel. And it was only until all of that had I'd, I'd moved through it that I then went out for a walk, took my, my phone and dictated what I was going to say in the speech. And it was done in, I don't know, in half an hour. But it's getting through that content, all the layers that mm-hmm. are keeping us stuck in, in, yeah, not feeling all of it. Yeah. And that stuff can, it can take time too. You know, mm-hmm. it can, it can take years. I know my father passed away 12 and a half years ago now, and I'm still learning new things mm-hmm. about my process and my relationship to him. And, um, and coming into different levels of of awareness and and different different stages of grief too i think it like it doesn't it doesn't go away just because time mm-hmm. has passed um you know they say that time heals all wounds and i think there is there is some the, it, i feel like it it maybe lessens the intensity sometimes of the grief yeah. but grief is so nonlinear um, and, you know, like I spoke to before the break it, and when I was introducing you, I really do feel like this, um, we are in this facet of the divine feminine, we are in that space and, and the linearity and the, you know, the like, just push through it, muscle through it like that. It doesn't work that way. No, 
And people get blindsided because they're like, well, wait, it's been years. Why am I feeling this again all of a sudden out of nowhere? Mm. I'm supposed to be done with this, right? Right. And that's what we <laughs> what we hear from people. It's like, oh, but why do these things still come back? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then if you work on yourself, they'll still come back. But the time that they last is shorter. And it's much less intense. And also what, where we can go with it. I, um, for me, my brother's death in particular was um, a doorway into communicating with the other side, right? Mm. Um, because he and I were so close. And because after he died, I went through a journey, a very deep journey of like looking for him. Where did you go? Where are mm. you now? Mm. And um, and I was able to find his essence. And it was like, if I looked for his personality, I would um, be in grief mm-hmm. because I couldn't necessarily find his personality. If I looked for his essence, I found him every time. And that's still true. Beautiful. And so, so, so I th- beautiful. I think there's, and, and oftentimes when I find myself in a state of like hijack by grief moment, because that's how it feels sometimes, right? It's like, it just mm-hmm. like comes in and takes over. Um, I, I ask myself, am I, am I, looking for his personality right now am I missing and sometimes I just I've actually like had moments where I'm like you know what I'm just going to miss his personality right now and, I'm, and that's going to be okay and I'm going to let myself miss that um, mm. and feel the sadness of that and the longing that comes with that and I'm not going to like hang out in it for all day long like you said it passes rather quickly but giving giving ourselves permission to be in that, I think, is really important too. And I just, I also feel so passionate about giving voice to what else is possible when when we look for the essence instead of the personality. And how do we distinguish the two? Such a beautiful way that you've explained that, and it's it's interesting, right? So oftentimes it takes something like grief or or a big change for us to find even even more in ourselves i i went on a vision quest and and worked with a shaman for two years afterwards so um and also my sister channels i channel her um or her essence i don't hear her but i i completely see her and, and feel her essence everywhere as well and it's such a beautiful thing to tap into that you know there is we recreate that separateness in our mind. And if we really tap into it, there is no separateness. Yeah. And I, and I think it can get, what can get confusing, especially when we're on the spiritual path is like, well, if there is no separateness then why am I feeling sadness and why am I feeling grief? Right? Like there's like, there's almost a story that then comes (laughs) in of like, well, if we're all one and there's the, like, there is no death, then there should be no grief. Fair enough. Yep. That's the, the constant loop, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, and so I think it's really about like making space for all of it to be true, mm-hmm. making space for, for the contrast and, and for, for the both and. Yeah. 
I'm, all, I'm so big on the both and. Both and. Love <laughs> that. Both and. And really that awareness, right? For me, I just keep saying to everyone, it's like awareness is really your first step towards self-love. Mm-hmm. By becoming aware of what's happening, what are your emotions, what, what's happening in your body and, and taking Two minutes twice twice a day to check in what's happening with my emotions my my thoughts my body sensations and then just tracking that and then moving through it and it's like oh okay i'm actually okay yeah and and letting it move i think sometimes yeah. you know we can um i find this a lot where if i'm if i'm like irritable or something you know it's pretty much 100% of the time because there's something underneath that I'm not stopping long enough to let myself access. Mm-hmm. Right? And and if I so for me irritability is the is that it's the the key. It's the like hello, stop for a minute, check in like what's really going on under here. And then and then I get to I get to be with what's true. Um, I get to gain the insight and then I get to take appropriate action instead of just, you know, lashing out at usually whatever family member is closest. <laughs> All right. The thing is never the thing, but it's, <laughs> it's whatever, you know, whatever it triggers in us. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so let's open. I mean, I know you, you spoke about, um, you know, pleasure as, as, feeling can you actually give us your definition again because you worded it so beautifully uh yes if i remember what i said but (laughs) i think it's something along the lines of pleasure to me pleasure what what it means is the ability to be with what is Mm. um so whatever body sensations arise whatever emotions arise and without having to fix it or move it or change it really acknowledging like oh I have big sobs coming up in my chest and that feels constrictive and at the same time there's an expansion as well and there are tears running down my face and it's wet and my mind just wanted to say oh my god it's embarrassing and I need to need to wipe them away but I'm actually just being with what is it's wet and warm I love that because there's the, um, what I find so often, um, especially with our clients is, you know, when we, emotions are scary when we identify with them or as them, right? That's, that's why we don't want to let ourselves feel yeah, because we're afraid about, of what that means about who we are, mm-hmm. but what you're describing is is really the pathway to allow them to be without having to identify as them yeah oftentimes i'll ask my clients like what what emotion are you feeling now it's like oh i'm feeling sadness and there's a big distinction between i'm feeling sadness and i am sad yes because one you identify that that is what you are and the other one's like oh sadness is appearing or pleasure or like joy laughter like warm heat in my my tingles and my fingers so really to start becoming aware of these things that this is actually all that happens in our body and to start tracking it 
Yes. And I, and to me, I find the somatic language to be so helpful also in that, because it's like, this is like weather, it's a weather pattern moving through my body. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have, and, and it moves through and then it changes and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, we're just not taught the, the vocabulary about this, the language, it's like, oh, there's expansion, there's contraction, it's tingling, it's cold, it's buttery, it's velvety. People are like, you talk about parts of your body that you're feeling in this way? I'm like, yeah, if you actually start looking at all the, the, the vocabulary you can have for it, it has another person understand what's going on in your body. So instead of saying, I'm sad, you don't know what sad feels like in my body but if I'm saying oh, I'm feeling a contraction in my throat and there's a tightness in my jaws and my my teeth are clutched together and that to me feels like sad then you can kind of viscerally feel it in your body yeah yeah so powerful a gift of language mm. Juliet I I'm, I really appreciate you and, and what you're bringing to the space and, and we're getting coming close to the time to wrap up. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that we haven't touched on today that you want to share with our listeners before we go. I think the biggest gift is what um, I teach everyone. It's like put a timer on twice a day for two minutes so that you can actually tap into what you're feeling, what's the emotion, what's the body sensation, what's the thought, perhaps there's an image, and track it, and then see, is there a new image, is there a new thought, is there a new body sensation, a new emotion that comes up? And just allow yourself to sit in that for two minutes, do it in the morning, or whatever, and then in the afternoon again, and just that becomes your time, your time to tap into you. And we all have two times two minutes a day. Yeah, so mm. often I hear we don't have time for practices, but yeah, two minutes, everyone could do that. Stay oh, in your car for your two tea. minutes longer. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> if you're dropping off the kids, you know, come two minutes earlier and do this. Set your toothbrush timer for an extra round when you're done. <laughs> yeah. And it's just mm. becoming more conscious, right? We're all becoming more conscious. I think I feel the world has become more conscious of, of each other and, and you know, what it is to be in a conscious world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work and your offerings? Absolutely. So um, I'm on Instagram and on Facebook, Juliet Caraman. Van Chardenberg, but you don't have to worry about the long Dutch name. <laughs> um, I have a website, uh, which is called feelfullyyou.com. And I also work together with another trauma expert. And we have the Embodied Leadership Academy.com, where we run lots of courses and uh, shorter term courses that uh, people can dive in to really learn how to feel and how to be with trauma and how to work through it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world and for, for being you in that space. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. 
And to our listeners, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. Your support and your listenership means the world. So thank you. Um, if you have not yet gone over to superpowerexperts.com and checked out our new offerings, there's new stuff happening all the time over there. So even if you're like, yeah, I was over there, you know, a couple months ago, go again, because it's different, I promise you. Um, constantly changing, constantly updating. So uh, so come and check us out over there. Come and play with us over there. And until next time, reclaim your parenting journey as a sacred one for yourself, for your children, and for the world. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.